This is your woo-woo best friend, a show about attainable transformation. Hey, it's Andy. Welcome back to the show. This is your woo-woo best friend. This episode is for you if you are someone interested in building a dream business, a passion project, or simply learning about managing your finances in a conscious way. This week in my business, we launched the CEO Foundations Masterclass. Before we completed the class, before we put it out this week, I had an opportunity to have a conversation with my CFO for my business. She's an outsourced CFO, although she feels like she is a part of my team, a part of my company through and through. I invited her to come onto the show and talk about money, talk about finances, talk about entrepreneurship and how all of those things go together. So if you enjoyed the episode a couple of weeks ago, all around an abundant money mindset, if you are completely feeling the CEO Foundation's masterclass, you're going to love this episode. That masterclass, by the way, if you have not yet taken it, is completely for you. If you are someone who wants location freedom, if you're dreaming of running your business from anywhere in the world, working on your own terms and your own schedule, it is for you if the thought of trading time for money and being tied to Zoom all day on -on one-on-one sessions feels really overwhelming and really exhausting. Trust me, I have been there. I know that feeling. If you're interested in dream partnerships and you want to work with brands interested in making an impact, if you're seeking aligned clients who honor your values, who understand who you are as a spiritual being, if you have started to build a community, but you're not really sure of your messaging, and if you're even really reaching the right people, the class is completely for you. If you want financial independence and you want to live in your dream home, you want to travel, you want to support the people you love very much for you, as is this episode. And if you want to get to a place financially where you can give back to causes that are important to you while building generational wealth and abundance, total goals, the class is for you. And so is this episode. So let me tell you a little bit about my friend Louise. She has a background in accounting and finance. She brings more than a decade's experience in the media and advertising industry, helping service-based businesses implement processes that create profit. She has 1000% done that for me. Her work with independent agencies and publicly traded companies has prepared her to offer the absolute best practices and unique strategies in financial operations, reporting, and management. So if profitability is your goal in your business, she is 1,000% your woman. Louise Hipperson also just launched her brand new membership program called Busy Numbers. So if you're ready to feel financially knowledgeable, if you're ready to feel confident, if you're ready to feel empowered and informed, this membership is dedicated to you. It's all about helping small business owners feel really ready to do what they need to do with their financial information. So if 
the idea of even having an accounting system overwhelms you and you're not quite sure what to do with it or what your numbers mean or how to even look at your performance and you don't really know how to monitor your money and your cash and you're thinking about financial literacy and you know you've got a ways to go to really get there and you want access to the data that's going to make help you make good decisions but also people that will help you make good decisions Louise is that people she is that person and busy numbers could very much be the membership for you so Let's get into it. I am so ready for you to meet her. Louise Hipperson, welcome to your woo-woo best friend. Hey, Lou, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I'm so happy to have you. And this is especially fun for me because I get to talk to you a lot. You have been working with me now for, I think we're going into our third year together. I think that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I get to talk to you a lot and I talk about you a lot and the work that you do and how you've made such an impact on my business. And now I feel like I get to share you with everyone listening. (laughs) So it feels very joyful for me. No, very good. Yeah. I think um, it's, it's great to watch, you know, watch you grow and in different ways. And I think it's um, great to experience that together too. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Okay, so let's start by talking a bit about the work that you do. So you have a new program that is newly available. It's brand new. And I want you to tell us about that. But perhaps start by giving us a little bit of background on you and what has led you to this point where you're launching Busy Numbers. Yes. um, And I'm actually going to start quite a bit back and really starting at the beginning of my yeah. financial journey um, to where I got today. So, uh, you know, from the accent, I'm from England originally, and I was in corporate England there and came over to America again, um, landing in corporate. And as I started to make friends here, I came to America knowing no one. I had two suitcases and just kind of was going to see what happened here. And I think that was the, my first big leap from going to one country to another and I came here, I loved my nine to five. Um, and as I started to make friends, they were pro- uh, primarily business owners. And they, you know, started to ask me finance questions, and they referred me to their friends. And the next thing I knew, I had clients. And mm-hmm. the level of support that I was able to provide them, it, it was new to me too, as an entrepreneur as well, it was new to me too, because I was learning a different set of tax rules, a different set of business legal structures. Um, but my business started to grow. And that's how my bookkeeping firm came about and able to support other entrepreneurs with their entrepreneurship journey. And as I kind of, you know, throughout the years of working with my finance agency at the beginning of last year, I decided to take my second big leap of moving from nine to five to entrepreneurship, because I really felt that the education around helping entrepreneurs with their finances was really, you know, at, you know, there was a moment where I was like, this is what I'm meant to do. Um, this is what's giving me joy right now. And it's not to say nine to five is wrong and um, one is sure. good or bad, or um, but it definitely, that's the direction I was going. And I think when I was making those two big decisions, the question I asked myself was, what's the worst that could happen? And, you know, so I, I took those leaps and here I am being able to support um, other entrepreneurs with their finances. But even throughout that journey, I started to hear there was a disempowerment around understanding or knowing their numbers. It was such mm. a confronting subject. It is a sensitive subject, both personal or business. I obviously lean on more the business side, but 
it is such a, a sensitive subject and makes, you know, vulnerable one. And so wanting what the new program is, is really trying to empower business owners in getting visibility into their numbers and understanding what it means to help support them and grow their own businesses. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I think that's probably one of the things that so many women struggle with is getting that education that they need around their numbers, getting comfortable even talking about money. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, the guys will sit around and have conversations about what they're investing in and like, you know, what they're betting on. (laughs) Just, just money in general is not a taboo topic when you're in, and I'm obviously generalizing, but that's Mm -hmm. historically how it's been. And oftentimes for women, we have at least been taught that it's quite taboo to have conversations around money. And so we don't necessarily ask for help. We, when we hear other women talking about money, sometimes we're a little bit even turned off by it. And we, we, that's probably some projection that we have around our own insecurities. What are you finding after this time that you've been doing this work, having the business that you have, what are you finding are kind of the, the top triggers that women have when they first come into a conversation with you about money? And this is like a two-part question. What are their triggers? And then what are the first steps you take in helping them to overcome some of the, the rackets they're running in their mind about money? Yeah. So typically when clients come to us or entrepreneurs that I speak to, there's kind of two, and again, very general buckets, but there's two buckets that typically they fall into either they are not spending anything they are just saving everything nothing's happening they're just that there's like a fear around spending because they're not sure how to manage it or how to handle it and the second is the other side where it's like they're just spending not really understanding how that's going to impact their bank account impact their financials and so I think but both of them have a similar uh, like approach of kind of not understanding or not knowing what to do with that information or kind of ignoring the information and just kind of doing the same habit when it comes to managing their money. And so the, not the solution, but the approach to help kind of um, confront that is both the same. And it is putting that financial information in front of them, understanding what their goals are, because two people with the same, with the same, you know, profit number could have two very different goals. And so the strategy around that would be different. But it really does start with this is your current financial position. And that can be both with business and personal, to be quite honest. It's like, this is what you're currently um, situated. And then what steps do we need to do to achieve your certain goals? Whether it's let's pay down debt, let's you know increase our sales, let's improve our profitability, I want to pay myself more. Whatever that looks like, it does start with what's your current situation. Yeah, I remember coming to you. And I remember one of the first things I asked you was, am I at a place where I can pay someone like you. Like I was really in that mindset of like, I should hold on to everything because what if no more came in? I was Mm -hmm. having that, that scarcity mentality. And I was doing a ton of money mindset work and had come out of a career in which I was making well above six figures, but I was, my, my business was new and I had been doing the thing where I was working in a bridge job to ensure I was able to support myself while I was starting to build my business. And I did that for quite a while. And as I started to see the revenue in my business grow, I was like, okay, things are happening. I think I need help. And I have a good understanding of the general financials of a business, but not necessarily my business, because I'd been doing some of that work in my corporate role before 
I left, you know, what now has been 10 years ago. And the idea of being in a place where I was ready to get the support, to get help, and then to start making some good decisions about how I was going to grow was definitely scary. And I remember asking you that question, am I ready for this? And Mm -hmm. you really walked me into the plan that I needed to have at that time. And now, of course, we've grown the business times three since that point in time, a couple of years ago. And so much of my mindset, which I know impacted the business growth shifted when I really began to believe, oh, this is a thing. And it is a thing that is going to have success. And what I need to do is start preparing for that success and putting, putting a money strategy into play. Yeah. And I think that comes with a level of comfort with your business, with your numbers. I think it's really about getting comfortable because would you have felt that same like peace of mind or that reassurance had you tried to do this yourself? Maybe you, you could have, but I think also just having another person as a soundboard to talk through doesn't necessarily need to be a CFO or, you know, just someone that can help talk to the financial element of what your business is doing, I think provides a level of comfort. And I think it's important. We even, you know, look at the global businesses um, or the multi-multi-billion businesses, they have a CEO and a CFO, or they have someone Mm -hmm. that's leading the vision and someone still, you know, there's other departments as well. um, But, uh, you know, primarily there's always a finance department in those larger firms because you want someone in that area expertise to help support as well. But it comes down to looking at the numbers in front of you, getting the confidence that and reassurance it is accurate, and then being able to make decisions based off that. 1000%. And I think one of the things that happened for me, and I think this is would be true for anyone, whether you have your own business or whether you're just thinking about your personal finances. I made a commitment and I made that commitment to myself. And then I made it in front of you and you helped mm-hmm. me to decide on what the what the strategy would be and what I could commit to. And so once that commitment was made, it was, you know, the woo side of me says it was like emailing the universe and saying, okay, <laughs> here's what I'm going to do from a, yeah. the energetics of money perspective. And now I got to hold true to that and make that thing happen. And that I think was one of the big shifts that really occurred for me when I started having you as a partner was that I, that commitment, that intentionality was there. And I talked on an episode a couple of weeks ago about the three pillars of a healthy money mindset. One of those, the first pillar is intentional abundance. And for me, that was something I really had to spend that time on was uncovering any limiting beliefs I still had hanging around about money, looking at any subconscious blocks I had about the potential for my own financial success, and then creating that vision for building prosperity by making an intentional commitment to myself and to you who helped me to to discover what could be possible for me. Yeah, that's, I love how you put that. And if I may add just another layer to that, it's also letting go of control. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people, you know, some of the reasons, there's, a, there's a, a lot of reasons, but one of them can be that, you know, they're not wanting to let go of the, a certain area of their business. And the money side and um, is, a, is a very, like I said, vulnerable, sensitive area. And so it's trusting the person that you're working with to be able to help support you. Because I think if you're blocked from the beginning, it's go- it's always going to be a little bit of friction with that, not just with the person, just with the the topic of business, whether, uh, sorry, finances, whether it's in business or personal. I think um, it's being able to let go of that control and being able to, you know, embrace any 
not constructive criticism because you know whatever the numbers end up being there's always like a starting point and understanding how to kind of change those habits to improve it whether it's business or personal yeah one of the questions I often ask my conscious CEO clients when we're getting to know each other in an onboarding conversation is what their relationship to money is and when I ask them about money what emotions arise for them and then we talk a little bit about early childhood memories of money. And if if they're generally rather triggered by money, if they feel, if they say, oh, I hate money or I don't like to think about it, or, I don't like to talk about it, I know that our, our conversation about what's possible in terms of programs they can implement into their business or the ways that they're going to attract new clients into their business is going to look one way compared to someone who's like, you know, I've done a lot of work on this and I feel really great and I maybe need some support around strategy or they need someone like you or a program like Busy Numbers. When they're thinking that way, they likely will also get into that attraction of new business energy so much more quickly. Do you find Mm -hmm. that to be something that you see too? Yes. So in a similar... um in a similar concept, it's when people ask me, I generally get asked the question, um, when should I get a credit card? And, or that we need to get a credit card. And I don't know if there's like some sort of connotation that it makes a business legitimate having a credit card. And I'm not against them, but I typically, the first question I ask is, well, how are you with your personal credit cards? Because whatever habits you have around that, you're going to bring that into your business. And so it's more just, are you able to, you know, we want to make sure we can pay down that credit card. We don't want to incur the interest rates. We don't want that balance to grow if you're not bringing in sales. So there's a lot of strategy around that. But typically it's what's your spending habits? What's your habits with your personal money? Because you're most likely going to pull that into your business as well, unless we do structure it very different. So I think it's very it, it does come down to the relationship you have with numbers. And I think it's important to get support in that as well. Hence why busy numbers came about for me, because I wanted to provide that level of support in a different way. It's not just about let's get your bookkeeping done, although very important, but it's really about the relationship you have with those numbers and the, the want and desire to want to confront that as well. Yeah, 1000%. What's, um, so tell me what exactly is included in busy numbers. So what would someone get when they, when they sign up for busy numbers? Yeah, so it's a membership that provides financial visibility, education and support to business owners. So when they join the membership, they get their own custom built uh, dashboard. It's an app that we've created and uh, they'll get access to see all their numbers in easy to access way. I think when people are looking at their accounting systems um, in the same way that sometimes people look at their bank statements, Um, It's met with a lot of confusion or anxiety, not sure where to go to find the information they need. We present it to them in a really easy to understand and view. And then there's support from myself directly. So there is Q&A with myself and it's a QA and a call and those calls are anonymous. So you can feel comfortable asking questions about your numbers um, without sharing it with everyone on the call. And then there's access to me throughout the week as well. So it's really providing visibility into what your number or your financial position is and then the support from myself personally to help understand what your specific specific numbers mean and how to grow from there. Who do you feel like is the perfect person to sign up for busy numbers? Where are they in their business journey to be at a point where they may be ready for a program like this? 
Yeah. So first and foremost is having, you know, from the tactical side, it is having an accounting system that is being updated regularly. I think, you know, until you have that kind of infrastructure in place, it's difficult to be able to pull that data to use it to help support decision making. So it there isn't like a, a revenue number you need to be at. It's more just do you have the infrastructure to be able to take that data and use it to empower yourself and your business? So it would be, you know, get your accounting system, keep it up to date, and then able to use and utilize busy numbers in the best way to then get the strategy around your numbers. So it's really someone who is ready to kind of confront that topic and have the support they need um, that already have an infrastructure in place. I remember when I first spoke to you, we had that conversation about what, what my current accounting system was. And I remember that I was like, okay, I've done some things. I have a business bank account. However, when I, when I spend from the business bank account versus my personal bank account is very fuzzy. It's very skewed. I, I don't have any real rhyme or reason between when I make a decision that I'm going to purchase something from the business bank account versus personal. And so at the end of the year, when it came to be tax time, my the, it was crazy trying to figure out how what what needed to be written off and what didn't and what what my actual PL was. And that to me today is one of the things, and you've heard me say this before, that I think is so important is starting to learn how to to work with a profit and loss statement in your business. And and I I knew that and I still needed quite a bit of help with that at the beginning because I everything was blurred. My life was my business. My business was my life. And so I was not really structuring things the way that I needed to. So will you speak a little bit about that? If you're coming from that perspective where you're like, okay, I'm like starting to set up some of the systems, but I haven't really gotten good at the systems. And maybe I have a PL or maybe I don't, but I know I need to get there. What, what, what can we do in regards to next steps if that's kind of the place that you might be in? Yeah, so first and foremost, the most important thing and the most common mistake we do see with businesses uh, making that transition is, to your point, keeping personal and business transactions separate. I think that is so key. It keeps everything very organized when you do that. You mentioned like it's very muddled. Um, you're not really understanding a true depiction, but then there's also a tax and legal um, complication with that as well. So definitely making sure you're setting yourself up to um, separate those two things. And then I do get asked like, oh, when should we start using an accounting system? And personally, right from the start, it's a lot easier to kind of put those habits in from the beginning than, you know, a year, two years down the line. And you're having to retro um, fix everything, clean up. It just it's a lot more time. It's a lot more money if you're using a partner. And I think it's, you know, having those first two things separate, like get your own business bank account and then using an accounting system will really help separate those two things and give you the clarity to be able to then use that data. When we have clients that do keep those two things merged still, um, it's really difficult for us to provide a PL that show accurate information because I'm not entirely sure what's in there. Um, but I think putting those habits in from the beginning um, will set yourself up to um, continue building on that financial foundation. The second pillar that I talked about in the episode a couple of weeks ago is financial literacy. And the basics of that are just learning how money, how money works, how money moves in and out of your business, how money moves in and out of your personal account, um, what the terms are that you may hear in financial, the financial world, especially when you start considering the terms that you may hear in a, in a uh, business setting in regards to money. What are some, what are some places we can go to 
start to learn, to get that basic literacy down, obviously your program is going to give give someone a lot of support around that. Um, any, any other places that you think are really important or things to look at to start to improve your financial literacy? Yes. I mean, like there is a lot of resources out there. Busy numbers will have an education vault. I do trainings on that. So actually one of my first webinars is going to be how to read your financial statements, because I think it's such, such a key thing. But if I may add, when we, there's, there's two like areas of finance, I would say, because I think people typically when it comes to business finances, they think, okay, once I've got my bookkeeping, that that's the check mark for my accounting tasks and my business. And I think that's really just the start because um, people say to me, oh, well, I'm not very good at math. So I'm, I'm you know, something that I am um, anxious about. And your accounting system is going to make the math equation for you. It's entering your sales, take away your expenses, leaves you what's left over. So your accounting system does the math. But when it comes to reading your financial information, I, I joke and I say like, well, a lot of it is an art form, um, obviously with restriction and compliance and making sure you're not um, being too creative. But it's still an art form in the interpretation, because as I mentioned earlier, two people can have exactly the same um, numbers on their P&L, but what their financial goals are, what's important to them, um, or where they want to grow themselves as a business is going to have two very different strategies. So 20% to one person may be very different to 20% to another, types of industry, types of business structure, um, a solopreneur versus a team of five. So it's really the interpretation around that. And I think the best way to really start to learn your business is to learn your own numbers. Get the support to understand the, you know, the theory behind, okay, what's a PL? Here's your sales, expenses, profit, balance sheet. Um, but then really understanding it and looking at like what impact does your activity have? So I've got profit, let's add an expense. What impact does that have? And I think it's it's having that kind of relationship with your specific numbers. And you can apply this to your personal as well, like really looking at it. It's just looking at your own business and seeing how certain activity will impact or forecast what certain um, activity will impact. If you bring in more sales, what that, does that do? If we lose a client, what does that do? So I think it's really working with your own numbers um, with the, you know, the, the literacy to support the theory behind it. But I think really getting, getting um, involved in your numbers and how it operates will take you from, you know, just being a, a business manager to really leading your business with intention. What are some of the ways that someone could determine the startup costs, for example, mm -hmm. or a, a starting budget? If someone were considering launching a brand new business, perhaps perhaps they're like you in the fact that people were coming to you and asking you for help. They were interested in the work that you did. They're still... They, maybe this person is still working in a corporate job, but they're starting to see that if they were to do their own thing, they already have clients in the pipeline. How, do, how does that person start to plan for their very first business budget? Yeah, so your budget is really going to consist of two main areas. It's what's money coming in and what money is going out and really planning that. And I think, you know, with our, you know, with our clients, um, yourself included, like we have a financial workbook that we really visualize kind of what that plan is so it's not just looking at okay how many invoices have I sent out it's what invoices will I be sending out for the next three six nine months okay it's not just looking at what we have spent but it's looking what are we expected to spend in the next three six nine months and I think getting that visibility is the starting point to helping make those decisions um, and form your budget so if you list out your subscriptions 
more often than not, you'll say, oh, we don't even use that anymore. We need to clean that up. Or, oh, we're forgetting we need to add, you know, when someone new joins, we need to add a license. So that's now going to impact your profitability. And so I think I think having if you, you know, if you run your business by your bank account, which a lot of people coming to us start off typically with, because um, you're saying, okay, can I afford this based on your bank account? That's just one card in a deck of cards. And so what your forecast does is kind of allows you to see the full deck and able to kind of play poker with, you know, and react based on what's presented in front of you. If you're going to meet a certain goal and, um, you know, you don't hit that, what sort of, uh, you can be proactive with adjusting that forecast. So I think, i sorry, that was a roundabout way of saying the two elements of a budget is your sales and expenses, but that's going to be an ongoing um, relationship and an act a task in your business to keep changing as activity changes too. What do you see most frequently when someone's having a challenge meeting the budget that they've that they've set for themselves? So perhaps they thought that the sales were going to be one way and now they're not hitting sales, or they thought the expenses were going to be another way and expenses are significantly higher. Hopefully they're lower, but maybe they're significantly higher. What do you typically see as some of the reasons why that might happen and how do you start to make adjustments if that is the case so that your business is sound through perhaps a challenging time? Yeah, so there's actually two things that I that comes to mind with that. One is maybe your forecast was overestimated. Um, you know, maybe you thought you were going to bring in a certain amount and that didn't happen. Um, for whatever reason that could be. So sometimes the forecast may have been either, you know, you put too much revenue than planned or um, didn't put in enough expense than planned. So the profit that you're expecting, you know, wasn't what came to actual. But also um, it could be more of a, a an operational thing. So let's just say you sent invoices to five clients and only three of them paid. Well, you didn't hit yourselves because you were still chasing for those um, two payments from invoices. So I think there's a lot of different things that could impact that. But that's the the piece that, you know, the education I'm trying to share of like getting control of your numbers, take control of what is happening so you can be proactive. If you see those two clients haven't paid, but you know your cash is needing it to be able to cover your expenses, what, what processes could we implement to ensure that cash comes in more regularly? What, you know, could we reach out to the client? What reminders could be put in? So I think it really helps you because, you know, every business decision or activity has a financial impact. And so being able to kind of foresee that and put the processes to help improve that, like, you know, cash flow, then I think it's really taking control of your numbers and therefore taking control of your business. Yeah. And I found for myself when I, once I had implemented this system, one of the things that can also often be scary is asking for money, right? So it's either asking for the sale or then asking to be paid after you've done the mm -hmm. work. So it's just the asking for the money part that can be really scary. And sales certainly doesn't, doesn't have to be scary when we're doing what we love and we feel really lit up by it and aligned to it. We can find really great ways to make sales happen. But the asking for money part, asking to be paid is something that a, a lot of us struggle with. And it can create some of those feelings of imposter syndrome when someone's not paying us or when we're like waiting on an invoice to be, um, to be handled. And I found for myself that just having a system in place that in some capacity took me out of the asking for money to be paid for work that I had done it changed my energy and I could focus more on the sales part, the part that I actually do enjoy doing, getting to meet with people and 
talk about what it is that I, I do and can offer to them, taking me out of the part of having to then go ask for the payment after the work has been done and just focus on that sales part made a big difference for me and helped me to grow my business because I had the support of a system that was helping me to collect the payments after the fact. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And I think not only just for your own energy, but your relationship with your clients. I think, you know, you don't want to say this was an amazing project. Where's my money? I think it just completely changes <laughs> right. um, the conversation. And so I think definitely having that separate allows you and, you know, everyone knows that we need to be paid. I think, you know, you don't know what's happening on the other side. There could be delays or the invoice just got lost in the in the ether. So I think it sometimes um having that place and just to help with reminders because it could just be innocent mistakes or, or um, really, you know, what can we do to help support and to ensure that, you know, we're getting paid as well. But definitely keeping that separate, I think, helps with how you operate and the relationship. Yeah. I'd love for you to speak a bit to the third pillar, which is habits of top performers. So that what I, what I spoke about on the episode a couple of weeks ago was the idea of looking out into the world and looking at folks that this is the, you know, the general concept of just finding expanders, looking for people that are doing something that you aspire to do or that you can see yourself in if you were to learn their approach. And doing this, we often increase our confidence, our productivity, we start to create our own success. So what would you say are some basics of top performers from the perspective of having financial success that would be worth implementing into your life if you want to be successful, either in your personal finances or business finances, some things to be in consideration of? I think the first word that came to mind is consistency. I think when it comes to your accounting, it is a very a routine task. Um, but with that routine will come the data for you to then make decisions. And I think if you're consistent in you know, keeping your accounting system update. And that doesn't necessarily need to mean you have to do it. doesn't necessarily mean you have to use a bookkeeper, but having that consistent um, maintenance, whether it is you or someone else, um, I think is going to be the key habit to imp uh, to implement before you can really then expand on that. I think if you don't have consistent data, you know, we, we use data to make decisions um, and with a balance of, you know, what, what direction do you want to go in as well? But I think having consistency is going to be the, the foundation on any financial, you know, success or looking at the um, numbers to help you continue to grow and make those decisions that you need to. Will you talk a little bit about goal setting? And I'm interested to hear your perspective on setting goals for the baseline, like the money you absolutely have to make in order to live your life, have your business if you have one, and then goal setting for abundance. So how do you approach those two things, that baseline number and then that abundance goal, which would be more of a dream goal, but something we want to strive for. Yeah. So for the baseline, coming from an accountant, I do look at the historic information. I kind of use that data. I use what activity, you know, because it's all great to say for me, you know, I remember for my personal finances, um, I actually have a P&L for my personal finances. And I was looking one year and I was like, oh, how much do I spend on Starbucks? And I think seeing that number changed how I then operated with that. And that's not to say spending on Starbucks is good or bad again, but it's more just like, oh, I just wasn't expecting or um, spending that money. So I think looking at your historic is going to help you with the baseline, but then start kind of implementing those habits. So I don't just whenever I wanted to get a Starbucks, I kind of had a bit more intention with my spending if I had other things that I wanted to save for as well. So it's really allocating 
kind of that. But looking at your historic, because that's going to tell you what you actually did. Um, and then you're able to adjust from that. And then from abundance, I think it's, it's for me, it's, it's a difficult question to um, answer because every person's definition of abundance is going to be different. And I think when you're putting the goals in place, you know, I'm obviously more leaning on a, a, fin- a, a business perspective. But when people come to me with their financial goals, it's really based on the activity of their numbers. And I think when you, it really comes down to, a, a, I guess, a mindset um, approach, really, as opposed to anything data or financial, because it's what are you willing to do? If you want to achieve this number, mm-hmm. are you dedicated and focused to achieving that number? If you want to keep your profit at this level, are you dedicated and disciplined to keep your expenses at that certain number? If, you know, we only have $100 of a budget for whatever X, um, are you willing to keep that discipline to meet that? And I think when you have that consistency, when you have that discipline with the the balance of, you know, taking those leaps, like I said, like moving to a different country, moving from my nine to five, I think it's also tr- you have to balance the data with trusting your your gut feeling and yourself. And I think when you find that balance together, it really does open doors for you in many different ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. I so agree with that. And I, my recommendation is often when I'm having that conversation with clients of mine is that baseline number that has to be very real. Like, let's get real Mm -hmm. about what, to your point, let's look at the history. You're saying it in a way that is more, um, how a CFO would say it. And I'm like, let's just get real with that number. What is the reality (laughs) here? And then what do you, what sort of inspired action are you willing to take to up-level your life, up-level your finances? And if you're willing to do that, then the abundance potential is possible. And that is going to take work and it's going to take inner work, outer work, strategy, mindset, all of the things. So yeah, I, I love hearing that from you because obviously you, I, I trust your approach so much and I think it's, it's really important to consider, to consider both what, what's, what your reality is and where you believe you can, what, what, what you believe your possibility to be. Yeah. I think everyone has the ability to achieve what they want to. It just depends on, you know, a, the inaccessibility to it, but also just you as a person and believing it. I'm like, yes, I'm an accountant and a finance professional, but I'm also an entrepreneur going through the exact same things of transitioning from a nine to five to, you know, having that security to not having that security. And some days as an entrepreneur, I'm still terrified by that. Security is very important to me as an accountant. And so, um, you know, dealing with that every day and you'll have those really great days and you'll have those really like, why are we doing these days? And I think for me, just being able to kind of react based on what my numbers are telling me obviously helps me because I understand what's um, going on there. But I think a lot of it is about working on yourself, working on your beliefs and the value that you are providing to others. And I think you have to have that balance. It's not all just data. It's also, okay, what am I going to do about it? And am I willing to put the work in? The last thing I want to ask you about is making money move. So I'm going to give you four concepts and I would love Mm -hmm. for you to tell me what comes to mind for you for each of these. So the first one is saving. So what is your, when I say saving, what comes to you that you feel like we need to know? I think everyone, whether it's personal business should have, I call it cash reserves. Um, It's, you know, just that rainy day fund, emergency fund, I think it's commonly called as well. Um, But just having that, that is really important because I think that helps with the um, anxiety it helps with um, reassurance of okay no matter what happens we have a bucket of money that we can go to 
Now, to say that, it's not easy to build that. And I think it does take time. And again, it goes back to how disciplined are you wanting to be? Because obviously, if you're saving money over here, it means you're not spending something over here or you're not investing in something over here. So I think it's, you know, really putting that plan in and being disciplined just once that money gets put to that side, keeping it there. Because we have clients that once it's there, it then changes their, like how we then approach going forward because they're able to then be a little bit more free with spending because they know they've got a bucket there. So I think when it comes to saving, it's not to like get to the biggest number possible. It is, okay, what are we saving with intention? Are we saving for security? Are we saving for whatever the goal is, like a down payment on a house or um, going on that vacation or whatever, you know, renovations on that, whatever that may be, it's saving with intention. So first I would always say have a bucket of just rainy day but then anything after that have with intention what you're saving for. Any type of specific accounts that you would look for for a savings account? I think from an efficiency perspective, I would go with who you're banking with. I think when you start to have accounts in different places can be difficult to manage. But um, now from a, you know, I'm not a personal finance person, but I would go with where the interest rate is as well. If you have a bucket of money where you don't intend to touch um, and it's more just there for a rainy day, having that higher um, interest rate. Obviously, you need to keep it in the account for longer. But um, yeah, I, th- I don't think there's a specific account because if you're saving for, like, say, a vacation, that money's not going to sit in there long enough to. Sure. So again, it depends on what you're looking for. But from a logistics perspective, I would say stay within the, the bank because you're then building your relationship with that bank as well. So in the future, if you ever needed something personal business, get that line of credit or get that loan, they have the historic data there to be able to um provide you with the best uh, opportunity for you. Yeah, super helpful. Okay, the next word is investing. So when I say investing, what do you feel is important for us to know? I think a lot of time when people hear the word investing, it's like, oh, I need to invest in the house, I need to invest in stocks, or I need to invest in. And I think a lot of it, the word investing should also apply to investing in yourself, investing in your business, what can you do for your team? What can you do, you know, for your personal education. So I think there's a lot of different terms for investing. And so it's not when I, you know, when I say like spending in your business, it's also investing in your business. If you want to invest in getting that office space or investing in upgrading your systems, um, I think that's important to budget and plan for as well. And so again, that does tie into the saving because sometimes, you know, if you want to invest in your business, that could mean say, you know, bring on an employee. Um, do you have the sales to cover that financial commitment? So when it comes to investing, I think it's not just the the big t- terms that we think about. It's even the little things as well. Yeah. Some of the things that I've invested in that have made such an impact on my business is um, mastermind programs, mm-hmm. educational opportunities, which we have definitely talked. You, you just mentioned that. And you and I have talked about that a lot. Um, mentors, coaches, and having having contractors. And now I have an employee on my team too. So having people to help help grow the business has been a great investment for me. Especially as service space, you know, that is a huge cost. It's, you know, what you're selling is your time. And so having someone to help you with that time is an investment. So I think it's making sure that it's, you know, we're looking at the word investment in a different way. So the next word, and you've mentioned this one several times in the last couple of minutes is discipline. So what do you feel like we need to know about discipline? I think it's not necessarily something you need to know. I think it's some, well, you need to know discipline. And I think, but it, I think it comes down to a mindset thing. Um, I think we've all been there when you're studying for something where you really just don't want to revise for that like exam or test, but you need to have the discipline to know, like, if I don't, then what's the, 
What's the impact of that? Not necessarily the consequence, but what impact does that have? And that could, it could be a good impact, could be a bad impact. So I think it's really understanding what you're trying to be disciplined around, but also that relationship. I, you know, one thing, and I know it's it's difficult because accounting isn't the most exciting of subjects in, in any form, but um, it does have a negative connotation. So if you start thinking your accounting is a chore, it's the res- reluctance to want to, you know, do that task or have the discipline to do the task is going to be a lot harder. So I think it's also changing the relationship that you have with that particular task. Um, For me, you know, from the accounting side, the first person I actually hired in my business was um, a social media manager because the amount of time and energy, it, it drained me. It just, it wasn't something that I enjoyed. And, and not to say that you just find someone to take it away from you, but my relationship with it is very different. And so when I have to give certain tasks to my marketing manager, that discipline is, it's a different relationship now because I've changed that relationship. So it's a lot more successful. So I think when it comes to discipline, it's having the mindset to follow through with that because you know what the impact it will have, but also to change the relationship if it is something that you you know you really dread <laughs> um, to do as well. Because not everything is, you know, business, um, Building a business in particular is is exciting, but it does come with a heap of tasks that you're not familiar with either and don't want to do. So I think it's kind of building that, changing that relationship. The last word is diversify. And I'm really thinking about this from the perspective of how we consider a variety of strategies and potentially a variety of income streams in a business. So speak to me a little bit about that. Yes. So I'm actually going to start with... um, Diversify your revenue streams, I think, is really, really important. However, not when you're starting out. I think a lot of people try and launch with like 10 different offerings. It confuses um, what your audience is wanting. They don't know who you are yet. And it confuses what you're trying to, your messaging out there. And I think when you're just starting out, you want to be known for the one thing. You want to be mm-hmm. that expert yep. in that area. And I think from then, your audience is going to tell you how you want to diversify. So if you're selling services and then eventually once you build that following or build that you know trust with, the, with your brand, you can then launch a product and people are going to be more willing to buy that. So I think it's not just having different services for the sake of it. It's really doing that with intention and listening to what your audience are wanting. Because I, I, I can assure you that whatever you start with in your business, a year, two, three years, it's going to be completely different and the direction will continue to change. So I think it's diversify. With, the goal is to diversify, but I wouldn't start with that from the beginning. Sure. Get really good at one thing first and get known mm-hmm. for that one thing first. Build trust around that thing that you've started with and then over time listen to your audience listen to your community listen to your customers and add additional offers options once you've had an opportunity to get known for that first thing yeah and also options that make sense for what your your core offer and core brand is um you know for me as an accountant it wouldn't make sense to then start offering social media manager services and so i think you know i think it's still making sure that um and that's not to say i couldn't set up a social media i would just kind of keep it separate but diversifying even for you personally as well having different forms of income and it doesn't need to be you know you have to work 10 jobs it's and it doesn't need to be you know each of them have to be of equal weight, even if it's just, you know, creating something that you sell on Etsy or, you know, doing something creative. Like there's so many different ways to diversify, not just from a revenue perspective, but just for yourself as well. Like I love speaking with our clients and so providing that strategy, but I also, I still jump into the tactical and bookkeeping and making sure that we're reconciled on that side. So I think it's also providing diversity of what you want to do as well, not just what your audience wants. Perfect. Perfect. 
Lou, thank you so much for this conversation and your time and for creating busy numbers. I know it's going to be so powerful for so many of our listeners out there and for just so many people in the world. Um, is there anything else you want to share with us about busy numbers and what you're doing? Definitely let us know where to find you and the company and all that good stuff. Yeah, so um, the website is busynumbers.com. I am going to spell it out because busy is actually B-I-Z-I. Um, so B-I-Z-I numbers.com. And there you'll be able to find all the information that you need um, to learn more about the membership and then to join if you'd like to. And then we're also on Instagram a lot when that's where we're going to be providing some financial education as well. So that's just at busy numbers um, on Instagram too. Perfect. Thanks so much for being here. And I will talk to you again super soon and we'll talk, talk more numbers. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me. Big thank you to Louise for joining me today and talking all things money. If you are feeling like this was the encouragement and the knowledge that I needed to help me to say yes to my own conscious CEO journey, the masterclass that I am offering for free is still available. You can get the link to the class in the show notes. So if you're feeling like financial independence and dream partnerships and an aligned life is for you, you are ready to prioritize self-care in both your life and your business. And you know that doing this work can create a life of well-being, both mentally, emotionally, physically, and also financially. You understand that that's the foundation for success. Go ahead and take the masterclass. It is completely free. So it's just going to take 45 minutes of your life and time. And my hope for you is, is that it makes a big impact in what you do next. If you loved this episode and you think that this could be helpful for someone in your life to hear all of this incredible knowledge that Louise shared with us today, go ahead and send that person you're thinking about this episode so that they can listen to it also. I'd also love to see you share this episode on social media. If it made a big impact for you, you can tag us at your woo woo BFF and make sure to give us a follow there as well. And last but not least, if you have not yet left the show a review, go ahead and take a look at your phone as long as you're not driving. Take a look at your phone, scroll down to where you can rate and review the show. Almost every app that you could possibly be listening to this podcast on has a place to rate and review. It just takes a few seconds and it makes a big difference in helping our show to grow. With that, we are complete. I'll be back again next week with another episode. If you have ideas or things you'd like to hear about this season, go ahead and send us a DM. Let us know if there is someone you'd like to hear from, some sort of topic that's important to you. And that, my friend, will be something we put into the rotation. Wishing you a wonderful start to what we're calling Creative Girl Summer over here. Hope you have a beautiful rest of the week and we'll see you next Thursday. Oh,